You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. by the Saints for a touchdown! It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good! We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! What is up? And welcome in to another Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. I'm your host. I was spent today out at Saints minicamp, day one of three. This is the mandatory mini camp so we're going to get into that everyone was in attendance so we don't need to go through a ton of that but we will we'll break down who wasn't on the field and why we're going to get into that and a lot more in this first segment we're going to go through takeaways in the second segment i'm going to play an exclusive interview that i was able to get today with saints wide receivers coach cody burns and then in the final segment we're going to get into a mailbag as many questions as we can so let's go. First things first, I mentioned the attendance. This is always the first step of, okay, is someone holding out? The answer for the Saints, no, nobody is holding out. You're just going to go with what you have. From what Dennis Allen said, there was 100% attendance, according to Dennis Allen. Now, there were three players who were not on the field for practice. One is wide receiver Rashid Shahid, who also missed the last set of OTAs. Another is guard Cesar Ruiz, who is still recovering from a list Frank injury. That's just been the case all throughout OTAs, but we have seen him on the field. So this is a slight change. And then defensive back Anthony Johnson. We don't really know what's going on with him. Now, Rashid was there, saw him in the locker room. He said his injury is no big deal. They're just playing it safe, but he's dealing with a groin injury. It has kept him off the field. Again, This is the time of year where you're just not risking anything. It does not make sense. After these three days of practice, you're going to get about a month and a half off. So if you're dealing with anything that you could potentially aggravate further, you're just not going to mess with it. And I think that's what's going on with Rashid Shahid right now. These other guys, who knows? I mean, Cesar Ruiz was there at the facility. He has been there. I'm not worried about that whatsoever. Then you had guys like Trevor Penning, Eno Benjamin, Kendra Miller, Michael Thomas, Miller Forrestal, all in attendance. Nick Saldaveri was also there. They did not work out, but they were there. Cam Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, Alvin Kamara, all these guys were there. Got a limited amount of work, 
Cam, we saw in the indoor session, did not do any team drills outside. I don't think it's injury related. I just think this is the time of year where you're getting some guys some rest if they have been there for three weeks, right? Now you have some of these other guys working in. They could use some reps. So I think you're just scaling back some of the work on the veterans. Now, let's kind of go down the line. There was two tryout players in attendance today and they got a lot of work because Rashid was not there and that was a pair of wide receivers in Kiki Kuti and Lynn Bowden Jr. These were guys who were almost exclusively working on kick return, punt return, that sort of thing and I think if they have a chance to make this roster it is in that kind of mold of the Saints need a backup kick returner so who is it going to be? Last year it was Marquez Callaway. Who is it now? It could be Kiki Kuti, which is a fun name to say. He was wearing number 16. We'll be able to watch him the next two days. He was also working in the wide receiver drills, but I don't think that's how he's going to make the roster. I think if you're even considering bringing him in, it's as a kick returner. Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill were both in attendance. Alvin Kamara looks every bit like Alvin Kamara. We'll get into more on that in a second. Taysom Hill was a quarterback today, which is interesting. He's not wearing a red jersey, but he is taking quarterback reps. Jake Hayner did not take a single rep in team and drills today. This was a Taysom Hill quarterback day. And I think that's what we're going to see throughout training camp is occasionally you will get a Taysom Hill lining up at quarterback today because you do need to keep him sharp if you are going to have him go out there at points in games and throw a pass, right? We saw it happen. I want to say it was against the Seahawks last year, the game he went nuts. You just had that touchdown down the up the seam to Adam Troutman that no one saw coming and you know you need him to at least be throwing passes occasionally and keeping his arm loose so that when you do ask him to throw a pass in a game it's not the first pass he's thrown in weeks so I did think that was interesting his first day at practice was a Taysom Hill quarterback day and so we asked Dennis Allen about that at the end of practice and here is what he had to say about Taysom Hill's role which is you know kind of the same as what we've heard the last couple of years. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, that's kind of been his role since he's been here. Um, and, and we're going to utilize him in a lot of different roles. Um, he's he's a, uh, a weapon offensively for us that, that can uh, do a lot of different things. And, and so, you know, our thought is to get him involved in a lot of different areas. Yeah, he's going to be getting quarterback work. He's going to be getting tight end work. You know, he'll, he'll be a move guy for us. We'll have our, some of our quarterback run stuff that we do do with him. We'll work with him in the passing game. And so uh, he'll fill a lot of different roles. Yeah, and I mean, that's not a surprise. We'd asked him earlier at OTAs whether he would maybe change rooms, whether he would be adjusted in some way based on how he was used last year, which was very much not as a tight end. But it does sound like you're going to just continue to see him work around. And I think it's interesting. I don't think throughout training camp last year we saw him take – a single snap as a passing quarterback. We saw him occasionally line up and take some interesting reps as a runner, but we didn't see him working as a quarterback. It didn't really happen until week four, if you recall, when Jameis was dealing with the injury and it became clear that he wasn't going to be able to play. And so they had Taysom Hill doing some activations at quarterback in case they needed to use him. He was going to be the third string quarterback. Now, I do think it's interesting, you know, Louise Lockett, big fan of the program, always saying something about Taysom Hill. And it was pointed out that, oh, maybe this emergency third quarterback is a negative for Taysom Hill in terms of, 
he's never going to get on the field as a quarterback. And I actually disagree with that. I think it opens a door for him in terms of if you did want to have him as that emergency third quarterback, you wouldn't be able to get him on the field because if you bring in that emergency third quarterback, which is a new rule this year, you cannot go back to either of your first two quarterbacks that were in the game. So in essence, if you decided to make Taysom Hill that emergency quarterback, he couldn't actually take a snap at quarterback without saying you couldn't bring the other two back in. Now, Jake Hayner is going to be that. But that essentially means if you get down to it, I imagine Taysom Hill would still be the guy you put in the game instead of the emergency third string quarterback, which is kind of an interesting little subplot. Either way, you're going to see Taysom Hill throwing passes in this offense. I think if there was any question about whether that would be his role, you saw it answered today. Literally his first practice of the offseason, he was a quarterback in practice. Now, they are allowing him to get hit. That is the interesting thing. They're not giving him a red jersey. So he has to be careful. And we saw this last year, and I pointed this out in the preseason, then it ended up being a, a negatively forecast thing that happened is he's got to be careful. He's not wearing a red non-contact jersey anymore, so he can get hit. And last year he had a pretty nasty rib injury in training camp. He re-aggravated it in week two, and he's got to be careful. Uh, he's a guy who just plays with reckless abandon, and I think he had gotten used to not getting hit in practice. And then last year, he took a hit, and he missed time. So hopefully he can avoid that this year. Now, we also talked to Derek Carr and asked him about Taysom Hill, and this is what he had to say on his new kind of quarterback teammate, which is a new thing for him. That's going to be something we have to watch is how do those guys interact? Because Derek Carr is not a guy who's particularly used to coming off the field. He did it a little bit with Marcus Mariota, with the Raiders, but not anywhere near as significantly than compared to what you are going to be expecting him to do with Taysom Hill, maybe coming off the field for six, eight, even 10 snaps a game, which is unheard of for a starting quarterback in the NFL. And this is what Derek Carr had to say. You throw him a pass and he throws it back just as good. You know, um, it's, it's pretty interesting. You know, he's got, he's got a cannon arm. He can run routes. He's tough. You know, all those things, and I see why he's been such a productive football player. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, and I, I posted that quote or that, that clip on Twitter and someone replied, what, he did he just say he has a cannon arm? And <laughs> I mean, you could complain about a lot of things when it comes to Taysom Hill in terms of being a quarterback. I don't think he has the touch that you need in a lot of instances, but the guy has a fastball, no question. I don't know if he has a changeup, but he definitely has a fastball. So I do think that's funny that someone questioned that. Even if you don't like Taysom Hill as a quarterback, he 100% can rifle a ball in. All right. Now, moving forward to Alvin, this is the first time we saw Alvin Kamara out there. He looks good. He looks like Alvin. And he definitely impressed Derek Carr in terms of the way he can move around. And I, you know, I tweeted this from our Inside Black and Gold Twitter account at Sates underscore pod. And you watch him in drills and you, you would swear he's moving in fast motion. Like you've sped it up, but that's just how he can move. And this is what Derek Carr had to say when he was asked about working with Alvin Kamara 
for the first time. Alvin have been talking, um, you know, uh, about about certain things, and what a what a great guy! I uh, just absolutely love him. Um, great teammate, you know, great energy about him, um, and very explosive. You know, he's so smooth on film. You really just don't know how good he is. You know, obviously you see the film, but then when you get in person, he ran a couple routes. I remember I looked at Jake today, and I was like. Bro, like that's not normal, you know, and you just feel his presence when he's on the field. You know, we were able to hit him on a couple little routes and things like that, and see, see him move. And um, you know, he, I, I think, just being around him just for a little bit, you know, in the building, you people don't really know how smart he is at football. You know, what he he knows where to say, he knows what route to run, he knows where to get, uh, he knows how to use his help, and um, you know, that combined with his athletic ability. You see why now he's had all that production, and so um, yeah, we've been we've been talking you know the whole time, but uh, it was cool to see him in person uh, for sure. I'm fascinated to see how the Derek Carr offense utilizes Alvin in the passing game because that's always the big question to me with how this offense is going to run. Is Alvin going to get 81 catches this year the way he did? get exactly 81 catches in his first three seasons in the NFL, right? He still caught, I want to say, 50 passes last year, but it sure didn't feel like that. And it didn't feel like he got them in high leverage situations in the way that you've seen in the past and that you'd like to see now. He wasn't used in screens. He wasn't used in kind of emergency checkdowns, which when you have Alvin Kamara on your offense, that checkdown, while it is the last resort, is a much more attractive option, right? Like there's, I think there's going to be a point in this season where Derek Carr has to understand that you have the option to either squeeze a ball in and give a, give a receiver a chance to go make a play on a dangerous ball, or you can check it down to Alvin, which always has the chance to break for a big play. And ignoring that is a mistake. And I think that's what happened too much of the time last year. I think two years ago with Jameis, it started out that way. And as things were developing, he started to use Alvin more. that Seahawks game where I think Alvin caught 10 passes in the first half. I think you were seeing him start to utilize Alvin the way he needed to. And then he kind of took a step back the following season. So that's where I want to see. And, and Derek Carr wouldn't commit to necessarily, you know, force feeding Alvin the ball, but he does understand, you know, this is a, this is a point. And if you're talking about a dangerous pass downfield, versus checking it down to Alvin, the risk award gets a lot closer just because of who Alvin is. Um, but we're going we're gonna to keep moving forward. I will say that the offense had a rough day on the first day of minicamp. Both quarterbacks were solid in the set of seven-on-sevens. Jason Hill completed both of his passes. I think Derek Carr, after the first pass attempt of the day, which was a gorgeous pass breakup by Marshawn Lattimore, who got beat to the outside and then just recovered, batted it away easily for the PBU, and then kind of just chilled and watched the rest of practice as like, yeah, you know me. (laughs) After that, he completed his next, I want to say, five passes. Jameis, I want to say, completed all four of his passes. But this was seven on sevens. You get into 11 on 11s, and this was a two-minute drill day, and it did not go very well. A lot of balls hit the ground. Let's put it that way. Traquan Smith dropped a couple passes. Foster Moreau dropped a pass. Um, I think Derek Carr only completed one of his four pass attempts in that two-minute drill, and then you had the turnover on downs. The final pass was actually a very nice ball up the seam to Traquan. I think 
in pads, he probably catches it. That's kind of the weird thing is you're in, you're not in pads. And so in order to catch it, he had to lay out completely. He got to the ball, but then he came down full force on the ball, which in pads, I think you probably hold on to it when you're not wearing pads and you're just coming down. That's a tough thing to do, right? Imagine a center fielder trying to make a catch barehanded going into a dive, like the glove helps. So I don't know. That's a play that might have worked out in the game. But either way, it goes down as a drop. Not a good day for Traquan. He kind of walked off gingerly. I think he kind of just got the wind knocked out of him, which you can understand coming down on a ball like that. Jameis Winston had two reps in two minutes, and the only reason it was only two reps is the first pass was a drop, just a straight drop from Foster Morrow. You know, not on Jameis. The second one I would put on Jameis, although it was a nice play by cornerback Ugo Amati who undercut a pass to Jack Davis towards the edge of the field and came down with the interception. That kind of ended team drills. Again, as I pointed out, Jake Hayner did not have a single rep in team drills today, which is kind of fascinating in terms of how you're going to incorporate him and Taysom Hill. I still think Jake Hayner is a lock to make this roster, but I think it does tell you how much this team values Taysom Hill as a part of the passing game. One more thing I'll note, Paulson Adebo, Got the first team reps across from Marshawn Lattimore today. And I think that gives you a good indicator of how this CB2 battle is going to start out. I think Paulson's going to have the inside track and it's going to be on Alante to earn that job. That said, first team versus second team doesn't really matter right now. We could come out tomorrow and see Alante getting those first team reps. I think in a lot of instances, they will alternate. But there's still something to be said about the pecking order that it started Paulson, and then you're going to see from there. Alante Taylor played on the outside in second team with Isaac Yadam across from him. Bradley Roby got the first set of action in the slot, and I think that is who you are looking at this season to be your primary nickel slot corner, and I think you feel really good about it. But all right, let's wrap that segment up. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a bit more about the wide receivers, get into an exclusive interview with Cody Burns, and then talk a bit more about Ted Ginn. We saw Ted Ginn. There was a Ted Ginn sighting. Why? We'll get into that. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. If you aren't subscribed on YouTube, please do that. WWL Sports. If you aren't subscribed to the podcast version of this podcast, make sure to do that wherever you get your podcast. Just search Inside Black and Gold. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. You can follow my co-host on Twitter at Steve Geller WWL. He's somewhere in the state of Florida right now. I hope he's enjoying his vacation. As I sit here and ramble, which is something that I do. Yeah. Stick around.